Hi guys, welcome to episode three of the Hustle with Russell podcast that brings you everything mindset, fitness, business, and a lot of fun and banter, and even the occasional dad joke. If you're looking to feel inspired, have a bit of fun, and maybe make that first step into designing that new you that you keep going on about all the time, this could be it. So I've got Mr. Tony Finbar-Smith on the podcast with me today. I hope I've said that right. Um, yeah. Welcome. Thank you for having me. What's, what's the plan, Russ? <laughs> the plan is for you to entertain my viewers. That's what it is, mate. Right. Okay. Well, now to me, this is just this is my show, but I, I, yeah. I alleviate all the responsibility by getting people on to talk about themselves rather than people <laughs> waffling, hearing me waffle on for hours about myself, which I can happily do. Yeah. I don't think people really want that. So, how's your day been? Yeah, good. Thanks. Cheers. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've struggled a bit with focus today, but other than that, it's been productive, I'd say. Yeah. Cool. Pull, cool, cool, pulled cool. myself back into focus a few times, a few more times than usual, but I've had this to look forward to. So it's, it's been nice. Been a good day. Ah, that's great. No, no, no. I'm glad you've been looking forward to it. So for people who don't know who you are, who are you and what do you do? Wow. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Tony. Hi. Uh, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> wrong <laughs> no, podcast. Uh, yeah. Wrong podcast. Yeah. Wrong meeting. So uh, my name's Tony and I run Visibility Academy, hence all this visibility behind me. Um, I, um, I used to be a Michael Buble tribute um, and do all the online visibility stuff on the side, which is online visibility is basically if people go on the internet and look for what you do. Do they find you or somebody else? That's that's the short version. Um, and I used to do the, the visibility stuff just to help people out on the side. And then uh, the old uh, good old coronavirus hit. And um, and basically all my gigs disappeared overnight. Um, and some of the people who owed me a lot of money uh, for those gigs that I'd done previously over Easter and stuff, uh, they went into administration, so I, I even paid to do gigs, which was uh, delightful. So, um, so all of that stopped, and I formed Visibility Academy Limited, and I help people um, show up online and and create good content and record nice videos, and and I encourage them to start podcasts like this one, and and do just do whatever fits within within their personality and their their goals for their business, really. Amazing. And, and is this for like any business or for anyone or is it a specific sector? So typically I help solo business owners um, because previously um, I was doing done for you type stuff. And again, when the, uh, the coronavirus hit, people, everyone went, ah, I'm just canceling all services like that while I figure out what's going on with my life. Uh, but they still wanted to know how to do it. So I was helping solo business owners. Usually bigger companies uh, would have a department that does it or they'd hire an agency or something. So so yeah. typically the one man band or just a small family business, that sort of thing. Awesome, awesome. So part of this was born out of the, the pandemic then. It kind of like forced you yeah. to, to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as it has with a lot of people. So like I, I pivoted online because of this. So it was something that I used to do um, kind of part-time as a side hustle for years and years and years. And there were certain things that I used to put off and all of that as well. And was there anything like before the pandemic that you were putting off or you wasn't committing to that now you are, which you're getting a massive benefit from? That's interesting. Um, it's a difficult question to answer us because 
Um, I've kind of leveled up in lots of areas because of association with particular unstoppable men. Uh, so it's hard to tell what I've really put down to the pandemic. But yeah, I would say Visibility Academy is one of the, the things um, that I was kind of pushed into doing because um, so I'm, I'm marrying Gemma and Gemma has a dance school and um, she started a business selling dance costumes as well. So both of those income sources disappeared with the pandemic. Um, and she and I, well, she set up a thing uh, called Just Mugs, which was printing like bottles like all these and, and stuff like that, face masks and whatnot. And that was literally to cover the bills while we figured out what we were doing. And off the back of that, then I've, I've started um, visibility because I, I just found I was helping lots of other people pivot. Like um, the building where we are, there's a... Um, a fruit and veg company and they supply schools and um, colleges mostly and they found themselves on a fraction of of the work that they had and so they we helped them to to set up an e-commerce website where they could take orders for home deliveries because you might remember at the beginning of the pandemic people couldn't even get to the supermarket because of queues and and mm. people were isolating stuff like that um so in their first day they took 11 grand in sales so things like that it, it helping people with stuff like that um I've, I've got loads of people like that that we've helped and then i've gone hang on a minute this should just be what i do so so that's the long answer to your question is i guess visibility academy is something i put off um yeah. and then went well i've got no excuse not to because the gigs were the main income you know so and the yeah. rest the rest was just a hobby that I was lucky if I got paid for, to be honest, after expenses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you grow that and you've made a good success of it and so on. But like, there's a lot of people out there and I used to be one of them telling themselves that they just can't do it. They can't leave their job. They can't make their side hustle, mm. their main hustle. It's going to be hard because of the climate, the pandemic, whatever it may be. You know, I believe that there were still stalls with people before this. It's just added to the mix. Yeah. So how have you managed to like, keep going and thrive rather than survive through this? Like what, what, how do you keep going when there's, there's so much fear and scarcity out there? I think, I think it's part of it was part of it was, I, I'd already heard previously that in the great depression in the twenties and thirties in America, um, that, while everyone remembers it being a terrible time, there were lots of millionaires made. And that's because you got to remember the money doesn't really go anywhere. The money fairy hasn't come and taken it and put it in a cave on the Island from lost. It's the money's still there. It's just changing hands differently to different people. So, so the money's still there. It's just, you have to step outside of that you know imaginary comfort zone really so i already knew that and i'd already heard that and then the reality was me being in my little comfort zone of doing gigs at the weekends and going yeah but i've not really got time to do this other stuff that was just me avoiding failure to be honest suddenly Gemma's income disappeared um both both incomes um my gigs disappeared and we're like oh okay well it's time to as my dad likes to say shit or get off the pot you know it's sink or yeah. swim you know do or die kind of thing so i think 
when it started, I was looking back at this thing about the uh, about the Great Depression, and I was thinking, yeah, that's that's kind of gonna be happening now. And just remember, the money's still there, and it and it still is. And and if you look at it, like loads of people are having to pivot, and the money is still there. So, for example, uh, people aren't going out. So uh, one of the people we work with is One Look Clothing, and she was mostly going out clothes. Well, now she's just focusing on loungewear, a Zoomwear, you know, that sort of stuff, because Zoomwear, people yeah. aren't going out. <laughs> TM, Zoomwear, TM. <laughs> I just came up with that one. Uh, so <laughs> You're on the subject there. You're on the subject yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Zoomwear. That's, that's the don't. top half is smart and the bottom <laughs> half is pajamas. But, you're um, just naked on the bottom half you're yeah that's it yeah just, just swinging <laughs> i'm just free. wearing a jumper so yeah cool. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh it's like like newsreaders but um, <laughs> so so she's had to pivot like that i mean the money's still there look at restaurants we helped a restaurant who was just before the pandemic um we set them up with home deliveries then the pandemic hit and then they were getting all these um all these uh grants and stuff for, you know, all, all small businesses got this 10 grand grant or that they've got rateable value uh, premises. Uh, they got this 10 grand and they did probably their biggest year ever because we'd set them up with uh, home delivery. Mm. So I think I think just looking for the looking for the diamond in the middle of the dog turd is 100 percent. The thing It's you got to look for the good. If you're looking for the bad, you'll find the, you'll find the bad. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And one of the key things that's kept me in that good headspace is associating with positive people like you and everyone in our in our accountability group and everyone in the unstoppable programs and and the people that you hang around with at Busy Men's Fitness Club and the people I hang around with in uh, Visibility Academy. We're all kind of vis uh, uh, positive people. We, we attract more positive people like magnets. And then the strength just kind of expands of the positivity. And we just look on the bright side of life. I love that. No, yeah, yeah as, uh, that is probably like the simplest way you could put it in it is you're looking yeah. on the bright side of life and you, you've got a choice to go either way, haven't you? So, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you, you, you've got your own business now and you've done other bits and here and there. So what, what, what's like the one thing you wish you knew when you started that you know now that would help your success? Everything that I want is on the other side of discomfort. Love 100%. that. And, and this applies to so many things like uh, it, it annoys me, to be honest, because I knew it before. But I was unwilling to face that discomfort. That's the problem, I'd say. So um, things like with the X, I was holding back because anytime I posted something online, they would. Uh, they she and her crew would uh, post just toxic stuff all over and leave me bad reviews and and all this sort of thing well took two things to realize one was great they're raising their hands so i can identify them and delete them and just block them yeah so all i needed to do is get that out of the way quicker and i'd have this little this little this little defense built up around myself and secondly um somebody suggested a big papa crow from our uh, accountability group he said to me listen um if you play small because of that then she wins yeah and i was like oh and then when that clicked into place it's kind of like 
it's like a domino and it set everything else off for me to realize that literally that one thing of everything is on the other side of discomfort applies to literally everything. Um, doing things like this, you're probably a bit, a bit nervy about starting a new podcast. I imagine like, what are people going to think of it? Is it a waste of time? Is it going to work? Yeah. Is there better things I could be doing with my time? Is the technology going to let me down? Are the guests going to be completely ding, complete dingbats? You know, that sort of thing. Um, is somebody going to steal my idea? Are they just going to talk nonstop and I don't get a word in edgeways? You know, that sort of thing. So <laughs> you've probably got your doubts, but you've done it anyway. Yeah. So Yeah, that, that's what I've always said. It's like, like, we're all going to have these feelings. We're all going to feel fearful, skeptical, whatever it is. But you can just do it with those feelings. And most people are waiting for those feelings to go away before mm. they do it. But it's not going to. It's yes. going to cripple you. And like, you know, I have quite an abundant mindset about things. And I tr I've, I've tried to be more neutral, as we're taught, and tried to be more yeah. centered and present rather than thinking about what could happen tomorrow and what happened yesterday. And I just kind of just go with the flow and it's cliche and it's really cheesy, but I try to just have like a fearless attitude towards things, but not as in like I, I'm, I'm alleviating fear, but like just separating the words that I just fear less. So yeah. I just fear less things. Yeah, so yeah. like I'm, I'm scared of it, but it's like, they say like, you know, like um, getting a punch in the face is nowhere near as painful as the fear of it coming. Yeah, you know? absolutely. When I was a kid, I got bullied all the time as a child. Yeah. I like, like literally, ran away and hid away and stopped doing so many things for the fear of getting a spank on the nose. Yeah. And then when it finally happened, I was just like, wow, that isn't actually too bad. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't the right answer to it, but like I was brought up by my mum because my parents divorced when I was young and mm. my mum's like one of 16 kids, believe it or not. Wow. So 12 girls, four boys. And she acts like, obviously, you know, it's a bit like wolves having to get all the scraps and get in there first. And she yeah. taught me how to box. Right. <laughs> nice. so the guy that me on the nose i did actually spank it back <laughs> not that i'm teaching that but it was that fear and i i i avoided that for like two years of my life yeah just just because of it and like once that happened i was just like i don't know just released and i don't know just like kind of just didn't really care as much and, and i feared less and mm. you're just able to get more shit done that's 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 good. I mean, that's the sort of thing that's held me back for 39 years. So, so it's good. Good to learn that stuff early, I guess. You're 39. Yeah. I'm 40 in June. Yeah. Mate, not because you're a guest, but you don't look it like I, I look easy, older than you. Easy paper round. Mate, I had the tough paper round. It was uphill. People throwing shit at me. The Lord, Jesus wept. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Cool. 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 So like, what's, what's your biggest failure in business so far and what have you learned from it? I'd probably say hesitation. Um, there's been a fair amount of people pleasing. There's been a, a, a chunk of saying yes to too many things and then not delivering on, mm. on what I said I would do because I felt obliged to do what they wanted when really I had no place doing that. Yeah. Um, it, like doing things for people i know how to do stuff and i'll show you how to do something but if it's then down to me to do it for you especially if it's on the regular i i just avoid it and and instead of fighting that to now go do you know what clearly i don't want to do it 
So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say yes to those things anymore. I've currently got three things that I'm doing for people at the minute. And when they're done, that's that's it. I won't be doing anything for anyone anymore because just because it's clearly not it. All it leads to is bad feelings. So not identifying that sooner. That would have been a thing. Um, But um, I'm I'm, I do struggle to, to dwell on negatives, to be honest. So I tend not to remember failures. I just they're all just learning experiences and they just kind of push push me one way or the other to to the correct path so um but yeah i'd say doing avoiding what i'm supposed to do is probably probably the thing especially when that's down to inexperience so again the fear of the unknown um coupled with doing it for other people and it just doesn't get done and then it just leads to bad feelings so i would say those two things yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. what about you Mine, um, not starting sooner. (laughs) My biggest failure was just like not being myself, Mm. holding back from who I am and living my life and my business and what I was doing through other people's values. So I remember when I was like 27, 28, and I got my first job as a teacher. So I was lecturing for a company and, uh, Mm I was like Michelle Pfeiffer from Dangerous Minds, but without the without the wig. So yeah. I was teaching um, government-funded courses for adult learners. So they could be 19 to 60 years old yeah. uh, that are on job seekers. And no offense to them, and this is just the truth, but 90% of every student on that course was only on it so that they could keep getting paid. Yeah, yeah. And not to stereotype, but in Southeast London, North London, you can imagine the dramas I had. Think of Coach mm-hmm. Carter, Dangerous Minds. <clears throat> and yeah, yeah. I did that job because someone told me I'd be good at it. And don't get me wrong, I loved teaching and I learned so much. And I bring a lot of what I learned from teaching into my life and my business now. Mm. But the biggest part for me was I was becoming a hypocrite because I was listening to our coach, Paul Moore. I was in MMIC to make money to pay for my train fare by selling PDF programs. And I was reading every book there was on how to live your dreams and create a side hustle and, and everything else. And then I was, this is where the name, the uh, hustle with Russell came from, because Mm. my students would, I'd give them enrichment at the end of each day, just about why it's important to set an alarm, make your bed, set goals, blah, blah. And it was all just stuff I was learning and regurgitating Mm. to them. And they said, look, we need the hustle with Russell. And it just come out from there and it's stuck ever since. (laughs) But what was happening was, I was saying, look, guys, look, because these people have never really ever succeeded in life. They were from prison, care, backgrounds, homeless, Mm. And then they viewed me as an adult, whether they were older than me or younger than me. Mm. And I was telling them they was going to achieve something. But because everyone and every adult's let them down, they just thought, who's this fucking waste man? He's not going to come through. Mm. So I tried to teach them about these things so that they could get more enrichment. And I'd say to them, look, if you finish this course, guys, and become a personal trainer, you can help people. You can design your own diary, your own life, your own income. And then I was getting on a train home from my paid job. Yeah. And that's where I hit a massive low in life because I was just like, I'm a fucking sellout. Yeah, you feel like a fraud, I imagine. A fraud, yeah, yeah. hypocrite, mm. whatever it may be. And then that was it. And I was just like, I started a business and I learned more about personal development and I learned particular about energy management and other people's thoughts and language and just cared a bit less. I'm never, I'm never not going to care about what people think, but I just understood why their behavior and what they said and the reasons why. 
yeah. just had less emotional attachment for, to it. And I just went all in. So like the only times I've fouled is when I was just, I've just gone with what people have said, but with my business itself, my, my only regret would be is just not going all in sooner. It yeah. really would be because where I am now, 35 years old, I could have done that so much quicker, but I'm, I'm where I am because that's where I'm meant to be. Yeah. Um, and I'm just looking forward to the future. I'm looking forward to the next five years. I really Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like with your business and where you've got to, like who's helped you along the way? Who's been like your influences, your support? Ooh. So I followed all the, the standard kind of typical paths and whatnot. Um, I, um, I've learned a lot, lot from our, our coach, Paul Mort. Um, I was in MMIC as well because I, uh, I studied um, to be a DDP yoga instructor. So I was the third certified in the world to teach the level one DDP yoga workout. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's Diamond Dallas Page, the, uh, the wrestler from the WWE Hall of Fame wrestler. I remember that. That's crazy. It's quite, it's quite funny, to be honest, um, <laughs> because... Because I, I still teach DDP yoga. Uh, I just do it on Zoom and, and it's it's free. So I don't, I don't get paid or whatever. Uh, I just do it as a, as a goodwill thing for some of the local guys. And um, and so I learned a lot from um, from Paul when I was was building up, M, you know, through MMIC, building up my classes. Um, and then there's things like i uh, done stuff with the, the two rock stars, um, Ben Littlefield and uh, Dan Ardabelli. Um, they teach a lot about uh, building websites and renting them out and ranking them on Google, stuff like that. So I learned a lot from them, but all of that is, is kind of irrelevant without action. And, and for the action to happen, you have to have self-belief. And my biggest teacher without a doubt um, is, is my fiance Gemma, because she is just a machine when it comes to action and results. So, for example, I've said she's got um, a dance school, which she started when she was 16. So she, she was a, a pro dancer. So she went through the, the traditional route, you know, ballet and all that. Um, ended up um, in the West End in fame as one of the characters in that. Uh, worked cruise ships, danced all over the place uh, and through injury. Uh, had to uh, had to stop but she started her her dance school at 16 and she worked hard to build it up and it's it's by far the best in the area uh, i'm supposed to say that but it's actually the truth <laughs> but um she learned just discipline through ballet there's there's no doubt about that and um so when it comes to executing she has no fear she's like well you've said you're going to do it why haven't you done it well, I'm just waiting for this and waiting for that. Just do it. Why, why would you wait? So here's an example of that. She's built up this dance school. She, she puts on a, a school show. She's got, you know, 100, let's say 100 kids. I, I don't know how many she's got at the minute, especially now, but let's use easy numbers, 100 kids. And she's putting on an annual show and there's maybe, what, 20 dances. And in each of those, there's eight to 10 kids in the dance. And they, each of them need costumes for each of them. Yeah. So you think, well, that's a lot of costumes. And then when you find out they're like 50 pounds plus per costume, you're like, oh, that's a lot of money. So she was buying them from the same place as everyone else was buying them from. 
Um, she started looking around, found a guy in China. She said, you know, that costume looks a lot like that, like expensive brand. And he went, yeah, yeah, it's because I make them for that expensive brand. And she's like, oh, well, well, how much are they? He says, well, it depends how many you buy, but you know, they're, let's just say significantly less. Yeah. So she's like, oh, damn. Okay. How many do I need to buy to, to deal with you? And he went, oh, well, you know, let's, let's talk these kind of numbers to begin with. So she said, okay. And then next thing you know, she's getting stuff shipped over from China and selling them to other dance teachers through Facebook groups. And then next thing you know, she's done a significant amount of money. And the uh, big commerce that we were on said, basically, listen, you, you, you've made too much money. Uh, we've had to bump you up to the next plan because your turnover is too high. And we're like, wait, what? Um, and then... The, uh, then the, uh, the, the, the pandemic hit yeah. <laughs> and both businesses, the dance school and the, uh, the costume just went flat. Yeah. So I'm looking at loads of stock right now. Um, that's just, nobody's buying. So, uh, but you know what then happened? She, she, uh, she, she didn't wallow. She didn't hesitate. She just bought, uh, somebody was selling t-shirts and, uh, you know, pop sockets. They're gone looking for an example of a pop socket, you know, pop sockets go on the back of your phone like that. Yeah. They were selling printed pop sockets and t-shirts for, um, just this like love heart thing. That was like a, I've got the original one somewhere and it's like a rainbow and it was to raise funds for the NHS. And she said, Oh, I'll, I'll buy some of them. And then they, they delivered them and she went, these are bloody good quality. These t-shirts are good quality. Where, where did you buy them? She said, oh, I printed them myself. <laughs> she said, oh, is it like this iron-on inkjet stuff? She said, oh, no, no, it's this different process of printing called sublimation printing. She went, oh, right. How does that work? You know, so she said, oh, you, you got to buy some stuff. And this woman kind of played it down and she went, all right. So the next thing Gemma looks and then she literally the same day she says t i've just bought a sublimation printer and all the stuff that we need we're going to print some stuff just just to see how we go yeah so we started doing um uh started doing t-shirts mugs face masks like, like these so this there's a face mask there that's an extra Brilliant. one that we did um so just started doing face masks and stuff and it, it blew up and and because she didn't she didn't um and ah she just went I'm going to try that and see what the reaction is because she literally is the embodiment of data over drama. She's like, Oh, what if this, what if that she, you know, if you're going to start predicting that, tell me tomorrow's lottery numbers, you know? So <laughs> instead she just went, well, I'll find out. She gave it a try. Now in both situations, she used her connections in her existing circle in the dance world. So the costumes went to them. This, this, for example, this is a, a, a misprint. Of, uh, of this is a dance company one uh, of a bottle. It, it kind of burned a bit. So that's why I'm using it. Yeah. Um, it's a misprint. So, so literally she did all the stuff for these dance companies and, and dance schools and stuff. And, um, and it, it, it kept our heads above water. That's, that's for damn sure. So um, yeah, for, she's my biggest teacher by far, just relentless action. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. It's a really and, long um, answer, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 mate, mate, I love it. No, 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 that's perfect. So, yeah, I think that's great. What better person to have is they're by your side every day. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. So um, let's just say, like, this is a little bit of a curveball, right? Mm. You had the whole world's attention for two minutes. Oh. What would you okay. say? That's a great question. 
That's a Tim Ferriss question, you know. Is it really? Well, he has one similar. It's like if you had if you had a billboard, if you could put anything on a big billboard, what would it what would it be? You know, that millions of people went past. If I have the whole world's attention, what would it be? I thought he was going to say join Visibility Academy. <laughs> I do not want the whole world. I do not. I, I tell you what, actually, that that literally that what I'm buying time while I think of an answer. Yeah. One thing that a lot of people think is, oh, I'll, I'll just get loads of business and all that. So I'll do like I'll run loads of ads and I'll, I'll do good SEO of, on my website and all that. I'll run loads of ads. And the reality is a lot of people can't handle massive growth. No. in their business they just can't handle it so i would not absolutely would not um <laughs> wouldn't want everyone to join visibility academy i could not imagine the the headache that would cause um that's a that's a bit of a curveball we'll there come Ross. back to it we'll come back to it because i could just I'm, say something I want really... an amazing answer by the way with all the time he's taken okay uh, well i you know i could say something airy fairy like be nice to one another or, or whatever but do you know what? I mean, ev literally, again, same as before, everything you want is on the other side of discomfort. That cool. is literally it. Now, whether they believe me or not is another story. There's something everyone has to find out for themselves, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know? What do you do when you're not working then? What do you do to kick back and switch off or switch Ooh. on to something else? What's your your hobbies? What Hobbies. So, um, so used to be a professional singer, as we know. So I sing all the time around the house. And that, um, that actually... Um, that actually makes me not miss doing the gigs, to be honest, because when I was on the gigs, I'd just, I'd literally just sing what I wanted and hopefully everyone else enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I just, I just sing while I'm doing stuff. I love drawing illustration, stuff like that. Uh, I enjoy that when it started to become work ish, I then backed off because it, uh, which is a, an interesting thing. I realized I was like, Oh, I'm drawing a lot less because it was tied in with work. Um, but I love to play on the Oculus Quest, the the VR gadget. I've Gemma got me one last Christmas, um, so I've had it over a year, and it was really good, great fun, like smashing blocks on on Beat Saber and just like running around shooting things. But there was no good kind of multiplayer games that I liked. Yeah, I enjoyed shooting zombies. Uh, there's lots of zombie games as well, but um, they got a bit samey. Mm. But they just brought out a game a couple months ago called Population One, where you're in a city and you have to run around collecting guns and literally everything you can climb up. And if you jump off and spread your wings, you can kind of fly like a like a like a, a squirrel, you know, those flying squirrels. <laughs> yeah. You can fly like that. You can glide. And you, you, you're in a squad of three up against uh, there's a total of six squads and you have to get down to being the, the sole remaining squad. Um, and that is just so addictive because it's all real life people. Well, it's not real life, but it's real life people <laughs> around the world playing as a team yeah. uh, or as squads. And, you know, you can you can meet your friends in there and stuff and, and, and play. And it's it's two hours goes like that. I, I want to get one. I'm in the process of um, of buying a house. Yeah. So I've just realized, right, I did a workout four hours ago. My watch is still, still, <laughs> still counting it. <laughs> guess what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. So, yeah, it's just going to just show how many, how many calories are on my birthday. This is crazy. Um, 
Yeah, my, my watch just buzzed. I think it thought I was like maybe dead or something. Um, <laughs> it's, it's trying to save. But yeah, I, no, I want to get one. I'm in the process of buying a house. I can't justify it just yet. And I want to have a big room for it. But are they really that good? Because I've, I've, I've had a little research. Yeah. They, they're great, yeah? They're really good. And you don't need a big room. You need two meters by two meters. That like, Because if, for example, like say you set out 20 meters by 20 meters, um, if you walked off to that, most games would say, hang on, no, come back to the play zone. So you're still stuck within that two meters square anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, ne next next time we're at a physical meetup, I'm going to bring it anyway. You can have a play. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're just so good, Russ. Because like sitting, like I've never been one for sitting playing games just like that. No, I was as a teenager, but then like throughout my whole twenties up until now, like I, three boxing days in a row when I was mm. in my twenties, I went shopping and bought a PS4, and yeah. then I used it to to watch Netflix for a month, and then realised I just spent four hundred quid on it with all the games, and then sold it to a client. So I've not yeah. been into it, but yeah, you were saying so like you. Yeah, yeah, just just sitting playing isn't isn't for me. But because this is physical, like when you're climbing buildings, you, you, you're climbing like this, and when you're shooting, you 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 you're doing it. You know, you you're, you're being physical, and it feels and like so when you get knocked out, you're like, damn it, and then and then when you, when your squad mates gets like shot, you you can get you get this defibrillator, and you have to walk, charge it up and defibrillate them, which is just brilliant. So for me, I, I really enjoy it because it's physical. And um, and it's just not like playing games. It's and I tell you what else though as well, a big thing for me is because like our house, like I'm I'm in the office now. Our house is over the road, so it's like a thirty second commute for me <laughs> to cross the road to here. So I get cabin fever. But being out and about, I mean, I was always a hermit anyway. But getting out and about in this world where you just like flying around and then landing and running around and chatting with all these people. It's like, there's no pandemic at all. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so nice. It's just freeing. I'm getting one. I've got yeah. to, I've got You've to. Got yeah. to Russell, I want one now. Population but if, one. When you're saving for a house, right? You, you're looking at your savings. You're like, I could buy one right now, <laughs> but I yeah. just can't justify it. And my missus would kill me. Yeah. She was tempted to buy me one for Christmas, but then it would have been the opposite way around. But um, do you see them yeah. taking over consoles? Because like I've seen that film Ready Player One. I can yeah. imagine if they then brought out like suits or vests so that you could feel guns. They already, they're out. Haptic vests are a thing. Yeah. They, they actually are. Yeah, you can get them with 16 pressure points or 40 pressure points. They cost about $500, the 41. They're not using it for them Things top, that go though. on your arms, on your hands. So when you're doing boxing games, you get that feedback. Um, yeah, you can get haptic vests and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that they're already a thing. Um, yeah, I, I can see them becoming um, becoming the out, out doing consoles because here's why. Because Zuckerberg is going to make sure of it because Oculus is owned by Facebook. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I didn't know so, that. To have an Oculus Quest, you have to log in through a Facebook account, right? So they know they've got all your data straight away. So that's one thing. Two is the Oculus Two. So the Oculus Quest Two is the same price, or is it even cheaper than the One? Yeah, I think they're like three hundred quid. The three hundred quid for the for the basic one, yeah. Yeah, three hundred quid. Yeah. Okay, uh, you don't need. And, and the other thing is you don't need a PC like it, with the Rift and all these others. You need a wire to a PC. These are completely wireless. 
you 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 set it up with your phone but after that you just need internet and that's it okay so so there there's no needing a gaming pc or anything like that and secondly facebook horizons is a virtual world that's going to be available soon yeah and this i'm I, i'm glad this has been recorded this is my prediction right yeah go on, go on. here's a prediction they are going to throw so many things at businesses to get them onto Horizon so that when somebody's mooching around like, you know, Horizon Town or whatever, and they go into a shopping center. So somebody's in a shopping center, they've, they've got the goggles on and they, and they go into a shop. I reckon the shop owner, here's what I think is going to happen. I reckon the shop owner in real life, their device is going to buzz or something and they'll hold it up. And they will look at the screen as though, you know, you know, when you do, when you, uh, when you're chasing Pokemon, yeah, you know, uh, augmented reality, I reckon they'll look through that because otherwise they'd, they'd have to put a thing on. I reckon they'll look through that and they'll talk and the camera will, will project or something on like That's that person. Amazing. And they'll say, how can I help you? Oh, I'm looking for this. All right. Well, here's the options, blip, blip, blop, blop. And then they'll be able to just grab it and buy it. That's what I reckon. And I reckon I the people who are ready for that, will own virtual shopping. Yeah. And I can imagine as well, like, you, you, you know, like the games, like, I don't know if they're that advanced on the Oculus, but like like GTA and stuff like that, mm. that when you see the billboard, you'd be able to put your advertising space on there. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Your yeah. At the minute, there's billboards all throughout Population One, and they all just have Population One on them. So, yeah, they're ready. Like, for you walk something. into the bar on the game, and the barman says, like, What drink do you want? As he serves you a drink, you're going to be like, By the way, sign up for Visibility Academy. And then he'll go <laughs> yeah. back to his automated response, you know, in nice, the game. Yeah. I, I can imagine it happening. Yeah. Yeah. I love the it's... prospect of that. I really do. And, and talking it's... to Facebook, right? Because yeah. obviously you're into your marketing visibility. I don't know much about it because I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to fear. I'm a bit fearful to read it because I don't want to give myself this feeling of overwhelm and doubt. But do you know much about this iOS thing that's happening with Facebook advertising, where it's going to be like potentially not shutting down businesses, but limiting mm. their reach and amount of customers that they can they can help? Yeah, I mean, the 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 this this not enough info out there in the minute yet to to yeah. give a good kind of uh, to give an opinion yet. But so the short version is that Apple is saying we're going to turn off the ability for people to market to you through Facebook. So, so basically you've got Apple, you've got Google and you've got Facebook and they're all in competition. Facebook is trying to take on uh, technology with, with the quest. They're taking on YouTube with IGTV and with Facebook watch. They're taking on um, telecoms with WhatsApp because they own WhatsApp. Uh, they're taking on shopping. So they're taking on like eBay and, and, and to a degree Google shopping because of Facebook shops and Instagram shopping. So, so they're trying to, to take over everything. And then Google's kind of taking over everything in their way. And Apple is, is just, they're just saying, hold on a minute. Yeah, you might be using our users on your platform, but we're going to give them some of the power back. And... Facebook's basically saying, you can't, you can't do that. You can't give people the choice to not see adverts and stuff. And they're going, yeah, yeah, we can. Um, I don't know how it's going to pan out, to be honest. Um, 
Facebook, was it Facebook? No, Amazon, because they're obviously another big player. Amazon brought out a Kindle phone, a Fire phone. Did you know that? No. And that was a couple of years ago. They brought out the Fire phone. It died on its ass and they binned it off. That was their kind of foray into into things. Um, I'm sure there was a Facebook phone. And if there isn't, um, I'm sure there was a Facebook phone, you know, in I need to Google it. We'll Google it after. Yeah, we'll Google but, it. Yeah, yeah. So but literally, they, they've, they've just said, we can't fight Apple, so we're going to go with the Quest and, and yeah, that yeah, side yeah. of technology. They, they're going ahead. What do you think yeah. the response is going to be, though? Because obviously, like, uh, just imagine that you, you get pretty much like 90% of your business and customers from Facebook advertising, which yeah. is linked to Instagram and everything else. And yeah. then you realize that, like, 60% of the users have an iPhone. Yeah. And they've just pushed one button, and that's it. And you've gone invisible. Mm. Yeah. What, so what next? Like, what do you, what do you, do you think like Apple will come back and say, look, we've got our own social media app or our own, or do you want to like Apple advertising? I don't know. Yeah. So, so I think what will happen is, so I think what's the way it's going to work is the way it should have been anyway. It's really dangerous having all your business on somebody else's platform. So, so if your entire business is on Facebook and if you got banned tomorrow, because they, they do that all the time, they just ban people like for, you think you didn't done nothing wrong and they just ban you. Yeah. If your entire... The other day he woke up and he was just yeah. like, my Facebook account's gone. Yeah. Like with no warning, no nothing. And he lost his shit. Yeah. yeah. I was an admin, right? Get this. I was an admin of a Facebook page. And I've been admin of that Facebook page for a couple of years. And the guy whose page, because I was helping this guy out and then, and then that kind of fizzled out and all that, but I was still admin of it. And then he decided he was going to start spamming every group with the same thing. He got suspended and so did I. So you out, got out the, because I was suspended action. for three, four days um, because of his actions. So it, it makes you realize you're like, oh, all my, all my photos are on there. Because yeah. they're the world's biggest photo storage website, Facebook. They are. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If not, it goes it, in the cloud. Yeah. So, it used to be like Flickr and stuff, but but now it's there. So the reality is you shouldn't have all your eggs in the Facebook basket anyway. You should also be advertising. You should have a presence rather on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, they're the same thing. Uh, but also um, LinkedIn, if it's relevant, which it probably is if you sell to humans. Um, also um, YouTube and have a presence on Google in search results. So so you shouldn't really be in one place. So, yeah, if, if you're on all yeah. of them especially with advertising, not LinkedIn though, because it's pointless advertising, paying for ads on LinkedIn, it's expensive. But if you've got ads on Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, Google and, and YouTube, which is owned by Google, then basically you've got 90% of the internet anyway. Yeah, no, that's something to think about. Definitely. There's, there's one platform that I've played around with recently and uh, I realized that like the organic reach is ridiculous. Like I posted one yeah. video and I got 4,000 views and something yeah. like 350 likes overnight. Was that TikTok or LinkedIn? TikTok. Yeah, and TikTok. I, I'm, I'm a little bit, like, I feel like an old fart on it, if that makes sense, because it is yeah. just quite young. But I, I don't know. What, what's your views on TikTok, like, using that for business? Yeah, so here's the thing, right? Um, when Facebook started, it was all college kids, wasn't it? College, university kids. 
And then what happened is they grew older and they had kids of their own. So next thing, they're putting all their pictures on there and all the grandmothers are setting up Facebook accounts to see pictures of the kids. It's called the grandma effect. So now the, the fastest growing element of Facebook is old people, right? So how does that apply to TikTok? Well, you've got eight, nine, 10 year olds watching videos, maybe not making them, but watching them. And then you've got their mums going, what's this TikTok thing they're on? Yeah. Okay. The, one of the, in my opinion, one of the fastest growing demographics on TikTok is these mums making lip sync videos. Like there's a few that I follow and I'm like, I know, I, cause I know them personally and I'm dying at this, this one, she's in Visibility Academy called Vicky. And, but she does nothing to do with business on there. She, she just does stuff on the side, right? Just, just, just cause it's fun. And she does, she was obsessed with the crown. So she started doing all these videos as Queen Elizabeth. And it's just ridiculous. Like, she, and it says like, when you've been watching the crown, um, for a week and and she's just like in a normal clothes and after your first episode of the crown normal clothes and then next thing it's a, after a week and she's got like a a thing around her head and and um uh, you know when the when the queen has a, a a scarf around her head and yeah. and the green stuff when she's at sandringham or whatever yeah. and then it says after a month and then she's there with all the pearls and her hair all like the queen and everything and that's just funny and that, i think that's an overlooked thing is that the people are are growing on there so so the other demographics are growing on there but also people are learning the skills on there that they're then applying to instagram reels anyway yeah so so all these new emerging platforms especially when there's new features on existing platforms people aren't using them as much so they get all of the the, the reach so for example if if you get on tiktok early like there's a new one coming out called uh, I knew I knew my brain would go blank. There's a new platform. It's invite only at the moment. Um, cannot remember it for the life of me. Now I've reserved my name, but that's it. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 going to be a big one. And so if you get on there early, you get all the attention. If you're a creator, for example, LinkedIn is a huge place to put um, to to put content because. Only 1%, I think, of LinkedIn users actually create content, but they have like a billion monthly impressions or something. Really? I can get you the exact exact statistics, actually. Um, but like, for example, that is a, that is a place to, 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 to create. So, for example, if there's a new feature like 3D photos on Facebook, hardly anyone's using that. So it, Facebook wants you to use that. So other people see it and go, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to start doing that. So when you use those features, Facebook shows it to more people. So anything that's new, whether it's a new platform, whether it's a new feature, um, use it, get on it because you'll get, it's all about visibility. It's all about yes. eyeballs on what you do by Mate, any means possible. That is amazing advice. Honestly, I've learned a lot from this. So like, where can people find you? How can they contact you? They can go to... Um, visibility.academy so just www.visibility.academy you can find me on facebook.com forward slash visibility academy all one word or you can find me on instagram uh visibility academy just all one word again um i've got that statistic if you want it about yes, linkedin yes please do so content on the linkedin feed receives about nine 
billion with a B impressions per week, but only 3 million users out of the more than 500 million share content on a weekly basis. This means that only about 1% of LinkedIn's 260 million monthly users share posts. So those 3 million or so users net those 9 billion impressions. When you post something on LinkedIn, it hangs around for a couple of weeks. When you post it on Facebook and Instagram, it's gone in seconds. Wow. Not just hours. Yeah. So, so yeah, the that's, that's the key. Yeah, the yeah. I've had a LinkedIn account since I was a teacher. So like for yeah. nine years and I have people are on it. LinkedIn, but they don't use it. I don't use it at all. I'm, yeah, yeah. I need to, because especially with busy man's fitness club, like my guys are on there, but yet I'm not making myself visible. That's what it's all about. And the thing is you don't have to post on a lot of people go, oh, I ain't got time for LinkedIn. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm on enough networks as it is. Well, the thing is you can, you don't have to post every day. You could post once a week. And, and that would be great. You could post just Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or something like that even. Um, like I don't post all the time. I'm not like, it's funny when people look at my accounts, they go, T, you're like a visibility expert, but you got like 700 followers. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I've got 700 quality followers yeah. that are actually going to buy from me, not 10,000 people who are, you know, never going to buy kind of thing. And, and LinkedIn's like that. You, you just need to focus on the quality in all of those places and just be like a sniper instead of getting your shotgun, like back to population one, the game, <laughs> instead of being a shotgun and just bam, 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 bam. If you're a sniper, you need just one quality piece of content. Yeah. I love on that. Each I love network. That. Yeah. So if you think about it, one quality piece of content will, will do a lot of heavy lifting for you. Mate, I love it. I'd love to hear more. So I definitely would like you back on if you're up for that. Um, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've enjoyed time, this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, all good. it's all good. Um, no, thank you so much, mate. Thank you so much. And um, if you send me over all of your links in a message, I'll post okay. them in the show notes beneath the uh, podcast. And Fantastic. yeah, thank you so much, mate. No worries. Hey, hey, Russ, did I ever tell you that I, I, I don't trust stairs? You don't trust stairs. Yeah, yeah, because they're always up to something. Oh, hey! damn. <laughs> All right, okay, cool, cool, cool. Right, I'm going to hit you back one. So did you know in Jamaica, a beef pie is $3.40, but in the Bahamas, it's $2.40. These are the pie rates of the Caribbean. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so every year we help, um, well, Gemma, company manages and choreographs the panto. So um, my crap joke game is strong <laughs> would we you say name these. I, I've, I've got some <laughs> terrible ones but but yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll save a few but we might even just do a dad joke podcast oh my god just literally one episode all bad dad jokes um you know m yeah i don't know i remember the time when um i was doing a minute silence and my watch stopped <laughs> i didn't know when it finished because i couldn't ask anyone <laughs> it's terrible that's it. Right. Been a pleasure, Tony. Much love. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> Catch you later. Cheers, Russ.